0: Welcome to the Daily Audio Bible Chronological. I'm China. Today is the twenty seventh day of November. Welcome. So great to be here with you today. Today is uh like the f- I guess the okay. I was gonna say the first day of me being twenty five, but technically yesterday was the first day. Yesterday's my birthday. I got to celebrate, and uh, it was a very fun day. And uh, I, it's crazy. To be twenty five that like this is the first year that I'm like, okay, this is feeling old. I only have five more years of my twenties left, <laughs> and um but honestly' it's, it's been a great year this has been one of my favorite years of of life, and it's been very stretching, very convicting, very joyful, and just really filled with so many blessings um honestly more blessings and hardships, and I'm really thankful for. Just another year that the Lord has given me, and a year of health and family and all things. So I'm just um, really thankful. And uh, thank you for all of the birthday wishes. So today is also the first day of Advent. We recognize and we celebrate Advent as the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, our Savior, his birth. And so today we light the candle. This is the week of hope, and uh, and so this is we're we're in Advent. We are officially in the Christmas season, the Christmas space, and uh, so this week, as you know, we there's so there's four weeks of Advent, and this is the week of hope. And so, if you have an Advent um, candle, uh, like I do at my house, it's sitting on my dining room table. Um, you light the candle of hope, and so. I'm excited tonight um Ben and my daughter Reagan and I will come around and um just kind of do some like exercises I guess of hope like what are you hoping for like what has hope really looked like in your life and um just kind of reflecting together and just remembering that hope outside of Jesus doesn't exist hope outside of the cross doesn't exist And so realizing that Jesus is our center of our hope. And so um, as you go through your week this week, may you truly be centered and rooted in hope. And if you feel like, man, I don't even know what hope is. Like my hope is lost. It's gone. She's left the building. (laughs) Anything of that sort. May you understand that truly hope cannot be lost. Truly we cannot be without hope. Um, You know, the Bible talks about hope being deferred makes the heart sick. And so if your heart is feeling sick, then let's evaluate where your hope is, is your hope in the, res- in the risen Savior. And, um, and so without hope, we just have a, a cool story. And without hope, that wouldn't mean that, if we were to truly be without hope, then that would mean that resurrection Sunday didn't come uh, and that Jesus didn't do what he said he was gonna do. But that's not the case. This is uh, the good news that he has risen and um, that is our hope. And so may you truly be uh, just centered and um, aligned with that truth today and throughout this week. So today we are jumping in uh, the book of Thessalonians. We are in chapter, or sorry, 1st Thessalonians, with chapters one through five and we're also going to be in second Thessalonians with chapters one through three and we are going to switch up the translation since it's a new week we're going to be in the voice translation and uh, I'm excited to finish off the rest of the month of November together this week Paul, Sylvanus, and Timothy to the church gathering in Thessalonica living in God the Father and in the Lord Jesus the anointed may grace and peace be yours from God our Father and the Lord Jesus the anointed we always thank God for all of you in our prayers your actions on behalf of the true faith your tireless toil of love and your unfailing unwavering unending hope in our Lord Jesus the anointed before God our Father have put you consistently at the forefront of our thoughts brothers and sisters loved by God we know he has chosen you and here's why what you experienced in the good news we brought you was more than words channeling down to your ears it came to you as a life empowering spirit infused message that offers complete hope and assurance we live transparently before you so that you would know what sort of people we truly are we did it for your sake and you have modeled your lives after ours just as we are modeling ours after the Lord. You took to heart the word we taught with joy inspired by the Holy Spirit, even in the face of trouble. As a result, you have turned into a model of faith yourselves for all the believers in Maestonia and Ashia. In fact, not only has the message of our Lord thundered from your gathering into Maestonia and in Ashia, but everywhere we go, your faith in God is talked about, so we don't even have to say a thing. You see, they go on and on, telling us the story of how you welcomed us when we were introduced to you. How you turned toward God and realigned your life to serve the one true living God, leaving your idols to crumble in the dust. And how you now await the return from heaven of his Son, whom he raised from the dead, namely Jesus, our rescuer from the wrath to come. It's only by the leading of the Spirit that these first-generation church planters find themselves in this most disagreeable city, although it seems there is no place Paul can go without causing a commotion. Likewise, it is neither by chance nor by any human power that these people are drawn out of their comfy, old habits into a radical new way of living. A miracle really takes shape when, by trading in their old ways of living, believers take to heart the message of Jesus, and their unshakable faith shakes up conversations everywhere. Kingdom work begins at the surrender of life by giving yourself away and expecting nothing in return. Real real change is then ushered in by the loving touch of the Spirit, moving out from people living transparently faithful lives even in the middle of commotion. Brothers and sisters, you yourselves know that our coming to you is not a waste of time. You remember how we have just suffered through brutal and insulting attacks in Philippi. Because of God, we boldly stepped into the open to tell you his good news, even though it would likely mean more conflict for us. But we haven't approached you, or anyone else for that matter, with some error or impure motives or deceitful agenda. But as we have been approved by God and entrusted with good news, that's how we are telling the world. We aren't trying to please everybody, but God, the only one who can truly examine our motives. As you know, We didn't sandwich the truth between cunning compliments. We told it straight. And before the eye of God, we never conspired to make a single cent off you. We didn't come seeking respect from people, not from you or anyone else, although we could have leveraged our position as emissaries of the Anointed One, the Liberating King. Instead, we proved to be gentle among you, like a nursing mother caring for her own children. We were so taken by you that we were not only eagerly eagerly shared with you God's good news, but we also shared with you our own lives. That's how much you've come to mean to us. Don't you remember, my brothers and sisters, how hard we worked and struggled. We worked day and night so that we wouldn't be a burden to any of you, and so that we would continue to proclaim to you the good news of God. Both you and God can confirm how well we treated the believers. We were always holy, just, and blameless. As you know, we comforted and consoled each of you as a father soothes his own children, encouraging you to live lives worthy of God, of the one calling you into his own kingdom and into his glory. Unlike the Corinthians who struggled to break their old religious and cultural ties when they came to faith, the Thessalonians followed Jesus wholeheartedly and thus faced persecution for their devotion. So we have good reason to give thanks to God without pausing. For you have taken into yourselves the word of God we brought to you and received it as a message from God, not just something whipped up by someone like you or us. And that word is at work in you who believe. And, brothers and sisters, you even became imitators of the churches of God in Jesus, the anointed, that gather in Judea because you were willing to suffer at the hands of your own countrymen as they suffered from the unbelieving Judeans. These are the same people who killed the Lord Jesus, as well as the prophets, and continued attacking until they drove all of us out. They don't just offend God, they are clearly hostile to the rest of the people because they are trying to silence our life-saving message to the nations. And as a result, their sins are always filling up and overflowing. But in the end, they will face God's wrath. Brothers and sisters, we are like orphans separated from you for a short time in presence yes but not in heart and we desperately desired to see your faces again however as much as we wanted to come to you i paul assure you we tried again and again satan thwarted our plans for what is our true hope our true joy and our victor's crown in all of this it is nothing if it isn't you standing before our lord jesus the anointed at his arrival You are our glory. You are our joy. But after all our attempts to come to you, were frustrated. We decided it was best for Selvanus and me to stay behind in Athens by ourselves and to send Timothy, our dear brother and servant of God, our partner in the good news of the anointed one to strengthen, comfort, and encourage you in your faith so that you won't be shaken by the sufferings and wither under the stress that we know lies ahead Certainly, you remember that when we were with you, we warned you of the suffering we would have to endure now. As you well know, it has happened. This is why I couldn't stand it anymore and sent Timothy to report on the state of your faith. Because I was worried the tempter had tested you, and if so, all of your hard work would have come to nothing. You can imagine my relief and joy when Timothy returned to us with such good news about you, about your faith and love for us about how you have such good memories of us and long to see us as much as we long to see you. Hearing this about your faith, brothers and sisters, brought comfort to us in our stress-filled days of trouble and suffering. For if you are set firmly in the Lord, then we can truly live. What thanks would ever be enough to offer God about you for all the jubilant celebration we'll feel before our God because of you will remain vigilant in our prayers, night and day, praying to once again see your faces and to help complete whatever may be lacking in your faith. It is obvious Paul loves Jesus, and his spirit reinforces Paul in every way. How else is he able to walk away from beating after beating, or endure trials of the heart and mind? He must constantly be praying for those he can and can't reach, for those he is with, and for those he has to leave behind. Paul loves Jesus, and so he cannot help but embrace the world as passionately as he does. May God himself, our Father, along with the Lord Jesus, the Anointed One, navigate our way to you. May the Lord flood you with an unending, undying love for one another and for all humanity, like our love for you, so that our hearts will be reinforced with his strength, held blameless and holy before God, our Father, when our Lord Jesus, the Anointed, the liberating king, appears along with all his holy ones. Amen. So finally, brothers and sisters, in the name of our Lord Jesus, we ask you, we beg you to remember that we have taught what we have taught you. Live a life that is pleasing to God as you are already doing. Yes, we urge you to keep living and thriving in that life. For you know the instructions we gave you, instructions that came through the Lord Jesus. Now this is God's will for you. Set yourselves apart and live holy lives. Avoid polluting yourselves with sexual defilement. Learn how to take charge of over your own body. Maintaining purity and honor. Don't let the swells of lustful passion run your life as they do the outsiders who do not know God. Don't violate or take advantage of a, of a fellow believer in such matters. As we told you before and warned you, the Lord will settle the score with anyone who does these things. Here's why. God does not call us to live impure, adulterous, scandalous lives, but to seek holiness and purity. If you ignore this message, then you're not only rejecting us, but you're rejecting God, the one who has given his Holy Spirit to live in you. Paul uses the language of a loving faith family reaching out to others. Now there's no need for us to send you instructions on caring for your faith family, because God himself has already taught you how to love outside yourselves. And it's evident that you learned that lesson well by the way you love all the people of Maestonia. Brothers and sisters, we urge you to love even more. And make it your goal to lead a peaceful life. mind your own business and keep your hands busy in your work, as we have instructed you. That way you live will live peacefully with those on the outside, and all your needs will be met without depending on others. What a beautiful, dramatic transformation. This is Paul's progression from spoon-feeding people better moral choices to trusting them to live by love, according to the conviction of the Spirit, their guide to becoming active participants in the kingdom of God. Paul is acknowledging that there is a power at work that is much greater than his pen. In fact, the same Spirit that inspires Paul's words in these letters is teaching the believers in Thessalonica to live as true believers and teaches us still today. Brothers and sisters, we want you to be fully informed about those who have fallen asleep in death, so that you will not be overwhelmed with grief, like those who live outside of the true hope. Here's what we believe. Since Jesus died and rose again in the same way, God will bring with Jesus all who have died through him. For we can say this all to you confidently because it is the word of the Lord. We who are still alive and left behind when the Lord comes Will not precede those who have fallen asleep in death. On that day, with a command that thunders into the world, with a voice of a chief heavenly messenger, and with a blast of God's trumpet, the Lord Himself will descend from heaven, and those who died in the anoint- with the Anointed One. Our liberating King will rise from the dead first. Then wh- we who are alive and left behind will be snatched up together with him into the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. This is how we, the resurrected and the living, will be with him forever. So comfort one another with this hope and encourage one another with these words. Many people fear death. Perhaps it's the idea of the unknown that stirs the imagination. Death is the great enemy that stands before believers. But through Jesus' own death and resurrection, the power of death is broken. Paul uses the gentle image of the faithful being asleep as a new perspective on the finality of death. One minute you close your eyes to the world, next you are celebrating with Jesus and experiencing the resurrection of the body. Those sleeping will not even miss a moment. It will all happen in the blink of an eye. Now, brothers and sisters, you don't need further instruction from us or anyone else for that matter regarding how the seasons and times will play out. That's because you know the truth well enough. The day the Lord will race onto the scene and surprise us like a thief in the night. People will be going about their business chanting, All is well. All is at peace. And in the next moment, ruin and destruction will suddenly seize them as labor pains grip a woman about to give birth. For them, there will be no escape. My brothers and sisters, it will be different for you. You will not dwell in the darkness. So that day will not surprise you like a thief, for you are all children of light. You are sons and daughters of the day. We are not created of night, nor are we owned by darkness. So then let's not give in to sleep or wander around in a stupor as some do. do. Let's stay awake and in control. You see, sleepers sleep through the night, and drunkards drink the night away. But since we belong to the day, we should stay sober and in control, covered with a breastplate of... Faith and love, and a helmet of the hope of salvation. For God has not destined us, he's chosen, to face His wrath, but to the to be heirs of salvation through our Lord Jesus, the Anointed, the liberating King, who died for us. So, regardless of whether we are awake or asleep, we will live together with Him. So, we'll support one another, keep building each other up as you've been doing, brothers and sisters. We ask you to show appreciation to those who are working hard among you and those who are your leaders as they guide and instruct you in the Lord. They are priceless. When you think about them, let it be with great love in your heart because of all the work they have done. Let peace live and reign among you. Brothers and sisters, we strongly advise you to scold the rebels who devote their lives to wreaking havoc, to encourage the downcast, to help the sick and weak, And to be patient with all of them. Make sure no one returns evil for evil. But always pursue what is good as it affects one another and the church. But also all people. Celebrate always. Pray constantly. And give thanks to God. No matter what circumstances you find yourself in. This is God's will for all of you. In Jesus the anointed. Don't suppress the spirit. Don't downplay prophecies. Take a close look at everything. Test it then cling to what is good, put away every form of evil. So now, may the God of peace make you his own completely and set you apart from the rest. May your spirit, soul, and body be preserved. Keep intact and wholly free from any sort of blame at the coming of our Lord Jesus the Anointed. For the God who calls you is faithful, and he can be trusted to make it so. Brothers and sisters, we ask you to pray for us. Greet one another warmly with a holy kiss. Here is my charge to you before the Lord. Have this letter read to all our brothers and sisters in the faith. May the grace of our Lord Jesus, God's anointed, be with all of you. Paul knows the healing power of touch. When members of a loving community embrace, the hardest days are easier and no one feels alone. 2 Thessalonians 1-3 Paul sylvanus and timothy to the church of the thessalonians that gathers in god our father and in the lord jesus the anointed may grace and peace from god our father and from the lord jesus the anointed be with you brothers and sisters we cannot help but thank god for you which is only appropriate because your faith is growing and expanding and because the love demonstrated by each and every one of you is overflowing for one another so of course We have proudly bragged about you within the circles of God's people at other churches near and far, because, even in the grip of much persecution and affliction, you have stood firm in your faith and have persevered. Your sufferings prove that God's judgment is right. The result? Your sufferings have made you worthy, worthy of the kingdom of God, which is the very reason why you are suffering in the first place. It is only right that God would repay with trouble those who have troubled you. And give relief to all of you still bandaging your wounds as well as to the rest of us on that day when the clouds draw back displaying his powerful heavenly messengers in a fiery blaze jesus the lord will appear from heaven dealing out perfect justice to anyone who doesn't know god and anyone who disobeys the good news of our lord jesus and what's to become of them they'll pay for what they've done their punishment will be eternal destruction and what's worse, they'll be banished from the Lord's presence and glorious power. On that day when He comes, all the saints in heaven and on the earth will celebrate the glory of His power, and all who believe will stand and be amazed. This includes you because you believed us when we testified on His behalf. All this is why we are constantly praying for you, so God will make you worthy of the great calling you have received from Him, and will give you the power to accomplish every good intention and work of faith. In the great name of our Lord Jesus will be glorified through your lives, and you will be glorified in Him according to the grace of our God and the Lord Jesus, the Anointed One, our liberating King. On that day, though men and women have spent lifetimes scanning the skies, hoping that perhaps today is a day of salvation, on that day the confessed lovers of God and Jesus will glow with all the wonder of children at Christmas. There are clear pre in the Bible about what we can expect on that day. But can anyone in our rudimentary human knowledge know what to expect? Jesus confessed that even he did not know the day or the hour when these final moments will play out. So how can we truly know? Likely this fear of the unknown is what took root and began to spread like weeds within the Thessalonians community. Where fear takes root, faith withers and people who once focused on the bright hope of the sun turn away. Since, brothers and sisters, we are on this topic of the coming of our Lord Jesus the Anointed and how we will all gather together to meet him, we ask that you don't let your minds get quickly rattled or become anxious because of someone else's so-called spiritual revelation or because someone gave you a message or claimed to know of a letter allegedly from us reporting the day of the Lord has already come. Don't be deceived by anyone. That day, that amazing day, won't come until after the great rebellion and the unveiling of the rebellious one. As the spawn of death, he delights in destruction. He sets himself up as the great adversary of God and vies for a place above all other so-called gods or objects of worship. If it were possible, he would even take a seat. Yes, exalt himself in the temple of the one true God, declaring that he himself is God. Don't you remember me telling you all this last time we were together? You know what restrains him now and what will hold him until the exact time when he will be revealed. For the mystery of sin is already working its way through the world. He who holds him back now will continue to suppress him only until he is pulled out of the way. It is then that this rebellious one will be finally unleashed. But the Lord will slay him with the breath of his mouth and with the splendor of his coming. He will bring him to his predetermined end. Still, the rebellious one arrives with all sorts of power, performing signs and fake miracles sanctioned by Satan. He employs every manner of wicked deception to wile those away who are destined for eternal death because they rejected the love of the truth that leads to salvation. Because of this, God sends a deceptive influence over them so that they will wander from the truth and believe the lie. As a result, God will judge all of those who did not entrust themselves to the truth when it faced them, but instead reveled in wickedness. But this is not you. Dearly beloved brothers and sisters of the Lord, we cannot help but thank God for you at all times, because from the beginning, he handpicked you for salvation through the Spirit's sanctifying work and your belief in the truth. He called you to this when we shared our good news with you. Now you can take part in the glory of our Lord Jesus, the Anointed, our liberating King. So brothers and sisters, all you need to do now is stand firm and hold tight to the line of teachings we have passed on to you, whether in person or in a letter. Now may our Lord Jesus, the Anointed One Himself, and God our Father, who has loved us, comfort us eternally and given us a good hope by His grace, bring comfort to your hearts and strengthen your wills to accomplish every good work and word. Paul brings the situation to life for them. On one side, the rebellious one opposes God by corrupting God's word, telling lies and instigating fear. But on the other side, there's Jesus who comes from above and reigns mercy over the world with His blood. He stands ready to return to face these enemies. Paul is trying to explain this epic battle with eternal consequences to his friends who have been led astray by false revelations. While the spiritual battle will occur in the future, skirmishes representing the two sides are already taking place in the church. So remain diligent and faithful in service of the Lord. Brothers and sisters, having shared all this, let me ask you to pray for us. Pray that this message of the Lord will spread quickly and receive The praise and respect deserves from others as it has with you. Pray also that we would all be rescued from the snares of harmful wicked people. After all, not all people are believing. Still, the Lord is true to his promises. He will hold you up and guard you against the evil one. We do not doubt the Lord's intentions for you. We are confident that you are carrying out and will continue to carry out the commands we are sending your way. May the Lord guide your hearts into God's pure love and keep you headed straight into the strong and sure grip of the Anointed One. For the sake of the church, brothers and sisters, we insist in the name of our Lord Jesus the Anointed that you withdraw from any brother or sister who is out of order and unwilling to work, who is straying from the line of teaching we passed on to all of you. We know how essential it is to imitate us in the way we live life. We were never undisciplined, nor did we take charity from anyone while we were with you. Instead, you saw how we worked very hard day and night so we wouldn't be a burden to even one person in the community. We had the right to depend on your help and hospitality, as you know, but we wanted to give you a model you could follow, to lay a path of footprints for you to walk in. This is exactly why, while with you, we commanded you, anyone not willing to work shouldn't get to eat. You see, we are hearing that some folks in the community are out to step with our teaching. They are ideal, not working, but really busy doing nothing, and yet still expected to be fed. If this is you or someone else in the community, we insist and urge you in the Lord Jesus, the Anointed, that you go to work quietly, earn your keep, put food on your own table, and supply your own necessities. And to the rest of you, brothers and sisters, Never grow tired of doing good. If someone disregards the instructions of this letter, make a note of who it is and don't have anything to do with that person, so that this one may be shamed. Don't consider someone like this an enemy. He is an enemy only to himself. But warn him as if you were redirecting your own brother. Work is part of the ongoing work of creation, an aspect of God's image in us. Those who do not work will be unfulfilled, and a burden to those around them. And now, dear friends, may the Lord of peace himself grace you with peace always and in everything. May the Lord be present with all of you. This final greeting is by me, Paul, written by my own hand. This is my signature, letting you know that this is a genuine letter from me. And so I write to you. May the grace of our Lord Jesus, the anointed, be with all of you. So here we are reading two different letters from Paul and uh, from Sylvanus, which in the footnotes of today's reading, it says Sylvanus is better known in Acts as Silas. So it's Paul and Silas here and uh, mainly Paul writing to Thessalonica. And really, these are sweet letters, letters of affirmation, letters of, um, you know, hey, we're actually bragging about you guys to our inner circles and to even people that like, that we're just around. And you know, that's, that's some high affirmation. I'm a big person of uh, words of affirmation. Like that is for sure, like my top love language. And so to hear, Hey, like you guys are doing a really great job. Even in the midst of persecution, you have maintained to follow the Lord. Like, yes, this is great job well done or or just well done. You know, that's really sweet and that's a good word. I feel like we all you know, we need to hear that sometimes. Like I I find myself um you know, in in my marriage just kind of being like, "Hey, like I am wanting, you know, just can we just have like a time where we are just affirming each other?" We have just a moment where we're kind of going back and forth and pointing out the good things that we've seen in each other. Because I think sometimes when you hear kind of like snippy parts from from anyone, whether it be your spouse or someone at your workplace or maybe a parent or a sibling, co cowork- like fill in the blank. You know, after a while, you're kind of like, man, like what's going on? Can I get some something nice being said over here? <laughs> And so I, I do believe that the Bible is true and it says we hold the power of life or in death in our tongues. And so just to be intentional to create a space of, hey, I'm, I just wanna speak life over you real quick. Um, that was something that a couple of weeks ago at, at church, they had spoke of that they were doing, I think like their staff was um, doing like an exercise at like a conference that they had where the wives just spoke identity and affirmation over their husbands. And then the husbands spoke affirmation and identity over their wives. And um, Ben and I weren't a part of that, but I was like, man, we should do that. You know, like just have a space where it's intentional and you're just really sitting and thinking of things that you see, but then also asking Holy Spirit, you know, what do you have to say about this person? And it can be your child. Um, Ben and I have tried to be more intentional about really calling out the good things and you know, who are seeing Reagan becoming and um, and just trying to do it with each other because I think like I'm, I'm just speaking marriage wise for a second so if you're not married um, take this and apply it to where it feels like it fits but I feel like with marriage it's so easy Ben and I both work from home so we are around each other all the time and I've had so many people say like how could you do that and I'm like well we just do it like <laughs> I don't know like he's my best friend I don't get sick of him and also I'm an introvert so if I need time by myself like I don't really ask for it. I just go and do it. <laughs> um, I know how to like really reserve my energy. But anyways, I feel like it can be really easy to just be like, hey, I need this or like, I need you to do this. Or, um. you know, you just kind of like without realizing it I can get tempted to fall into like a snippy attitude. And I think I really struggle with that sometimes. And so just having a moment to be like, hey, actually, like I... One, want to take responsibility of this. I'd like to apologize, make amends. You know, have I really hurt you? Have I hurt your feelings? Has my tone been off? I, you know, I want to apologize and just say, like, I'm sorry for that. I'm going to work on that. I'm going to do better. And then also just to have a time of affirmation. And so that was like the overall theme that I was hearing from Paul today. And, you know, I feel like some letters can be very like, what are you doing with your life? <laughs> And those, like, those are necessary. Like, everything that he says in those um, scenarios are necessary and good and stingy. Um, And, you know, the ones that are speaking affirmation, speaking life, those are the ones that, you know, like the feel-good messages, right? Like, and they kind of give you that little oomph to keep going, and I love that Paul is really writing to encourage, to edify, to uplift the body of Christ here. And so, you know, apply this into whatever realm applies to you that you can relate to. But I also just want to encourage you to have that moment with your spouse to just say, hey, like, you know, I was listening to the pod- a podcast today and I I think it would be really helpful if we just like prayed and took some time to uplift each other and edify and just kind of see what that changes in your marriage, like if that changes the atmosphere, that changes the trajectory of your day. And don't just do it like once, do it, like set a reminder in your phone, like, hey, once, uh, you know, maybe if you need it once a week, once a month. Um, But just trying to be intentional about it. That's something that Ben and I try to do is, hey, like, what are some, what are like three things that you are seeing in the other person that you just want to call out and uplift? What are three things that you think the other person can, um, kind of work on and it we're not hurting each other's feelings if anything it's like yeah i see that too or wow i didn't think about it that way and it's it's said in love and so when you're doing it with you know something that i am constantly praying whether it's i'm speaking to my husband speaking to my daughter in a friend conversation like anytime that i can think of it i'm praying holy spirit would you stand god over my mouth one so i don't say something i don't need to say but two, so that I can say the things that you wanted me to say. And I feel like that is how Paul approached today's letter. And so we're going to pray, but I also just encourage you to just take some time and um, invite your spouse into a moment like that and just watch what it changes for you. So Holy Spirit, I thank you that you have been present for so long, all of our days, that you know all of our days. You've seen us in every moment and I just thank you for your goodness that follows us. And I thank you for what Paul prayed, that the goodness and grace and mercy of Jesus Christ would be with us. And so I speak that over our homes, God, I pray for your peace and for your grace and your mercy to saturate each and every single one of these people who are listening today with their homes, God, especially um, out of one holiday season and into the next one. Lord, may this be a peaceful um. Time. And God, I pray that peace and joy and mercy and grace would be just flooded in their homes where there's a moment where where frustration could be chosen and anger or unkind words could be tempted. God, I pray that actually we'd be ready and excited to extend grace and excited to extend mercy and um, that we would be asking Holy Spirit for you to stand guard over our mouths, over our minds, over our actions. Just over our days, Lord, would you be the author of our days? Would you show us really where you want us to to go, where you want us to be, what you want us to operate in? And I just thank you that um, when we invite you, you are already there. You're just waiting to be invited. And I thank you, God, for your closeness and your nearness. And I thank you that when we seek you, we find you. And it is in your name we pray. Amen. Hi, guys. This is Kate
1: calling in. I just want to say that I thank you all for praying for me with my COVID symptoms. I'm feeling more like myself, um, like 99% better. And I just thank you, and I praise the Lord for that. And I wanted to pray for um, Unashamed of the Gospel. What a a, um, touching prayer request you asked for the other day regarding having a healthy baby. The the story that you, two have endured is astonishing what people can endure. Father, I pray that this family would be blessed with a healthy baby after all they've been through. Lord, you see their pain. You see their disappointment. You see their hearts cracked open. And I know one thing that you honor. A broken heart you desire that our hearts be broken for you and certainly having a baby having a healthy baby is not out of your will and I pray that for this couple your answer would be a resounding yes and we will trust you either way and give you the praise Um, I also want to lift up Joseph in Uganda <clears throat> regarding your anxiety about the future and trying to not worry and not lean on his under- your own understanding excuse me father please comfort joseph and give him that peace that surpasses all understanding show him different scriptures regarding anxiety and those who struggled with it and i pray this would help him and build him up in his most holy faith in jesus precious name amen
2: Good morning, Dabsey family. I am Stephanie from Florida, and I'd like to uh, call in a prayer request for uh, my family, uh, particularly my son, who I have not heard from in a while. Um, we've reached out to him several times, and he has not responded. Um, we've gone through this a couple times uh, in his 36 years of being here on this earth. But I just pray and ask that you would join with me, that the Lord would, as he has done in times before, uh, pricked his heart for him to call and just check in uh, with us. We love him tremendously. He knows that he is loved, but um, he doesn't know Jesus Christ in the manner in which he should. So I'm also praying for complete salvation in his life. Um, I just want to say this is my first time calling in a prayer request. Um, I love, love, love this community. I get excited to hear from Jill. I get excited to hear from China. Um, And I get excited when their commentary and the word of God lines up with Uh, areas of my life that God is dealing with me Um, so again I thank you all so much I'm praying for all of you I pray for you daily and this is one of the best things that could have ever happened to me in this life again blessings and love to each and every one of you Hey, DAB, this is Tom in Michigan. I left a message yesterday about my cousin being in a car accident. I just wanted to give the good news that um, it wasn't nearly as bad as I had feared. Um, I didn't have much information yesterday other than that it was a serious accident. But it sounds like she's okay. She hurt her shoulder. I think, like, I don't even have all the details straight, but a broken shoulder. Um, All things that um, should hopefully heal in in good time. Um, But um, I had truly feared.